Hi again everyone, welcome back to our Holy Spirit series and we continue in the fruit of the Spirit and today we're looking at the fruit of gentleness. Now remember we've said during this series that each of these fruit are characteristics of God himself and through the Holy Spirit in our lives in the gospel of Jesus these are to be displayed but they're actually God's personality traits. Um, and also these are the ways we recognize when fruit is truly from God. Did you ever wonder how do we know if this is from God or not? Well here's another way to test does this display the fruit of the Spirit, particularly here today gentleness. And it also helps us to know how to recognize the voice of God because there's a particular tone to God's voice that is the same as our own tones. We recognize each other by the peculiar um, personal tone of our voice. And it's the same with God, that in God's voice there will be love, there will be joy, there will be um, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And so this helps us to recognize when God is speaking. I want to ask you, do you hear God's voice in that way? And today, as we think of gentleness, I wonder when you hear God speaking to you, or you think you hear God speaking to you, is it with a gentle tone? Very often when we think we're hearing God, we're hearing a harsh, judgmental voice, um, particularly a, a critical and accusative voice. And people will say to me sometimes, whenever I read the Bible, all I feel is condemned. And I take all the negative things, the judgmental things, and that seems to be all that I apply to myself. Sadly, the harsh judgmental element to God is something of a caricature of God, which religion has often given us. Um, Graham Cook has been so helpful to me as I've studied the fruit of the Spirit, and I would really encourage you to look at his stuff on it. But he says around the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, God loves to talk to the Jesus in you. Jesus dwells within us, isn't that right? So the Father loves to speak to Jesus in us. He goes on to say, So anger and frustration can never be in his voice. That is to the Jesus in us. He speaks to us the same way as he speaks to his Son. That's profound. Did you realize that gentleness is an attribute of our God? In Psalm 18 verse 35 it says, You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. The psalmist says that the gentleness of God made him great. And in Isaiah 40 and verse 11 we have this depiction of God and essentially the good shepherd Jesus Christ. And it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What a beautiful picture of Jesus cradling the little lambs gently. And in that way, that's how the good shepherd treats all of his sheep. That's how God treats us as his children. So what is this gentleness exactly? The Greek word is praus, which means power under control. So gentleness is powerful. It is strength under control. Francois de Sales said, Nothing is so strong as gentleness. 
nothing so gentle as real strength. Someone else said, only the truly strong and great can be truly tender. Tenderness is a mark of nobility, not of weakness. Some of the older versions of the Bible translate the fruit of gentleness as meekness. I don't know if you've ever heard the statement, meekness is not weakness, but it is true. How could it be? We need power for gentleness because it is strength under control, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit under control. God can't be weak, doesn't that figure? He is the strongest one of all. He is the Almighty God. But one of his attributes is gentleness, which is that strength under control that we are meant to display. And of course, this was most perfectly displayed in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Paul in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 1 pleads with the Corinthians by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. That's beautiful, isn't it? Jesus was meek and gentle. And perhaps one of the greatest depictions of this is found in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 8. In the NIV we read these words. Speaking of our Lord, Paul says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. But this is what I want you to notice, that he was by very nature God. He is God of very God. And yet he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. He made himself nothing. He didn't have a superior attitude demanding his own rights as God. But he humbled himself. In fact, we see this very graphically as the Lord Jesus moves toward the cross. And you remember in the garden, Peter defends him using the sword and takes off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus says to him in Matthew twenty six fifty three, Do you not think that I cannot now pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Do you not think that I've got power and I've got strength to defend myself? But the point is, he is gentle, he is meek. He does not have a superior attitude. He is not demanding his rights as God incarnate. And we live in such a a rights-obsessed society, don't we? And yet, this that we see in Jesus, this meekness and gentleness, is the opposite of self-assertiveness. It's different than a desire to be preeminent, even though he was the preeminent and is the preeminent one. And this is most beautifully seen, this attribute of God, gentleness in God incarnate, Jesus Christ, his Son. He is the Lion of Judah, and yet he comes to us as the lowly Lamb that is slain in humility, in meekness, in gentleness. In fact, from his own lips, he invites us to himself in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle 
and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is the ultimate gentleman. He is the meekest of men. And we as his disciples are called to this gentleness and meekness. And you might say, well, how is that possible? Well, let's be upfront. We can't do this ourselves. It's not within us as human beings. We have to die out to ourselves with Christ crucified. And we must let the resurrected Jesus live through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We obtain this gentleness by submitting to the gentle one, Jesus, and allowing his gentleness to be displayed in and through us. Someone put it like this, meekness is the mark of a man who has been mastered by God. Jesus was the perfect son to the Father, and if we allow ourselves to be mastered by God, his meekness will be displayed in us. In Greek antiquities, there's a story of a young soldier who wrote to his sweetheart concerning a gift that he longed to give her. It was a silver stallion. He is the most magnificent animal I've ever seen, related the soldier. But he responds obediently to the slightest command. He allows his master to direct him to his full potential. He is a truly meek horse. Isn't that wonderful? He responds obediently to the slightest command and he allows his master to direct him in full potential. He is truly a meek horse. Are you a meek servant of the Lord? A meek son or daughter of God? Do you respond in obedience to the touch of the master's hand? Gentleness and meekness is the mark of someone mastered by God. So how gentle are we? How much do we display this fruit, which is a fruit of the Spirit, God the Father and God the Son? Well, a good test of how gentle we are is the gentleness of our words. In James 3.13, James asks, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness. The New American Standard Version says gentleness. Of wisdom. There is the gentleness of wisdom that is displayed in our works and also in our words. A boy was once asked, Who are the meek? and he thought for a moment, and then he answered, They are the people who give soft answers to hard questions. I really like that. We as Christians are very often not people who give soft answers to hard questions. So often we have been known not only for our anger rather than our love, but the harshness of our words rather than our gentleness. Often that's the way we try to influence people. When we preach the gospel very often, it's through a hard-hearted harshness, a cruelty in our words. Someone once said, hearts are flowers. They remain open to the softly falling dew, but shut up in the violent downpour of rain. And if we try to downpour truth in a harsh way upon hearts, they will close over to us. But it is like the softly falling dew of gentle words, loving words, kind, good words, though truthful words nevertheless, but in a spirit of meekness, it is those words that will very often open the hearts of others. Derek Bingham once said, gentle words fall lightly, 
but they have great weight. Isn't that wonderful? They sound light and soft, but there's a great weight of God's spirit, God's characteristic, because that is who he is. He is gentle. Look at how Paul the Apostle related in his behaviour towards others in the churches through gentleness. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, he says, But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. And what more of a gentle picture could we get than that of a, a babe nursing at his or her mother's breast? And Paul says, that's how I related to you in, in the church. I related to you through the gentleness of a mother with a child. In Second Timothy two twenty four twenty five, Paul exerts those servants of the Lord that a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, without exception, be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. So even when there was a, a need to correct those who were in error and who, who were in opposition to the truth, Paul says it has to be through gentleness that we do this. And it's then that they may be granted repentance from God to know the truth through gentleness because that reflects the gentleness of Jesus and the Father. In Titus 3, 2, Paul again exhorts Titus, speak evil of no one, but be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. That's mind-blowing. Because sometimes as Christians, we, we reserve the right to be harsh, to be cruel, to be barbed in our words towards those we believe to be wrong. But that's not what we're taught in the New Testament ought to be our disposition towards others, even who are vehemently opposed to us, even our enemies. James 3.17 tells us that the wisdom that is from above, God's wisdom, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So obviously the fruits of the Spirit display the wisdom and character of God, but one element of godly wisdom is gentleness. So whenever there isn't loving gentleness you need to question whether this is the wisdom of God that I am being exposed to God is gentle Jesus displayed gentleness in his ministry and is gentle towards his flock right now how can we be more gentle and display the life of God through this fruit of the spirit well be sensitive what about being sensitive making people feel more at ease with our words, even people who don't agree with us. How about showing respect for others and giving them the dignity of, of, of being made in the image of God even when they disagree with us and even when their very lives and lifestyle go against everything that we hold dear. How about realising as Christians, particularly those who minister the word of God, that 
we're more likely to influence others for Christ through gentleness rather than intimidation and domination. And let's never belittle others or degrade others. And even when maybe as leaders we we have to correct some people at times, we should do it in a way that encourages them through gentleness and meekness, our gentleness and meekness, to live lives that glorify Jesus. I I feel many times, I'm sure, both in my words and my conduct, failed in being gentle. But my prayer is one that is anonymous. I read it um, recently, and it just goes like this. Give me thy gift of gentleness, most gracious Lord. For when the way was rough and darkly black, the clouds of sorrow hung about life's track, till tears and anguish seemed my double part. It was thy gentleness that healed my heart. And there are others walking weary years with bleeding feet and a stony track of tears. O make me gentle, Lord, through me express the healing grace of thine own gentleness. Lord, this is our prayer. You have been so kind, so good, so patient and loving towards us in gentleness. Your voice is so gentle towards us. And may we truly perceive how you are. Not the caricature that very often religion has given us and legalism has given us, but the way you are towards us in grace, mercy, peace and love. But Lord, may that be such a revelation of your heart and the way Jesus displays who you are that we may also be gentle, kind, good and loving towards others who are finding life difficult and the burden great. We hear your invitation to us, Lord Jesus, to come to you with our burdens and to take your yoke on us. For you are gentle, and lowly in heart, and we will find rest for our souls. So Lord, let us put off all the works of darkness and all the things of the flesh, and even our attempt to, in our own strength, be right as Christians and do right as Christians, and let us die out to ourselves, crucified with Christ, that your life, Heavenly Father, through Jesus your Son, in the power and instrumentality of the Holy Spirit, may live in us and through us, to display your gentleness to all around. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you again next time.